0: Hey, Hawkeye fans, welcome back. Your Iowa Hawkeyes are West Division champs. We're going to be recapping the Illinois game. I'm interviewing Matt today. We're going to hear a little bit about his story that maybe you don't know quite yet. And we're going to preview Nebraska. This is Talking Hawks presented by Hills Bank.
1: No matter where you are in life, Hills Bank is here to help you succeed. Whether you're buying your first house, saving for your child's future, or preparing for retirement, you can count on the people at Hills Bank for the support you need to reach your goals. It's easy to connect with a banker in person, over the phone, or on hillsbank.com because we believe banking is better through human connection. Hills Bank is an equal housing lender and FDIC member.
0: Hello, Matt. Hey. How are you?
1: I'm good. God is good. Another win. Big 10 West Champs.
0: Big 10 West Champs. I like the hat. Yeah. Had to had to throw it in there back from 2015, a little throwback
1: eight years ago.
0: Now that's <laughs> that's too long, that's ago. weird. <laughs> um, I hate senior day. Can I just say that? I was crying, I have to stop doing that.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me.
0: Oh my gosh, it's so sad because it's like, yeah, this is great, you know, cool. Everybody cheers for them, and the moment that makes me cry every single time is when they hug their mom.
1: Yep, that's
0: and I just going immediately waterworks because can you imagine and oh I'll, i can actually yeah from from Solon, iowa dax vandenberg and then he runs out and he hugs me just forget it and then they take the picture i was like thinking to myself they take the picture right after they give the hug and i'll be like this, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: this so bad the worst cry face ever oh, anyway full senior day was lovely a lot um, of seniors a lot we had 20 20 seniors group yeah and then the honorary captain was Noah Shannon which was really cool um we got to interview him on the field he had a huge ovation when he came out for senior day and then also for honorary captain um but I asked him just like really how it felt when um he found out he was going to be the honorary captain he's like yeah you know it was a huge honor obviously I can't turn down something from Coach Ferrance and just felt again just really honored that they would elect me in that way and then What else did he say I just kind of asked him like how it felt to know that everybody had his back like within the program Hawkeye Mm -hmm. Nation um and he was like yeah like this has meant a ton to me just to know that everybody you know is behind me and um he's like this has been a really hard time for me and my family I can imagine so yeah so it was really cool to have him out there and um really really nice person holy cow just another one of those like gentle giant
1: kind of felt like very soft spoken (laughs) big dude.
0: Yeah, but very sweet. So that was really cool too. Trying to think what else from yesterday. Oh my gosh. So I call it the multimillion dollar golf cart drove by. (laughs) Okay. It's sad though. It's so sad, but it like, yes, but it literally is like a multimillion dollar golf cart of Cade McNamara, Eric all Cooper DeGene, and Luke Lachey. Just driving out. I'm like, oh my goodness I mean a huge testament too I mean we can we can get into this too that like we have gotten this far in the season without four of our star players well three and then right Cooper just recently but holy cow it was just like a lot of a lot of star power on that Help a pardon. lot of star power that we just had to go without so hopefully get to see them all back next season fingers crossed <laughs> I don't know we shall see what did you see at the game yesterday
1: uh, well, first of all, congratulations, Coach Ference. 195 wins in the Big Ten. Makes him third all-time. Can you say the guy that he passed?
0: Bo Beckler.
1: <laughs> Close.
0: <laughs> I felt really confident when I said Close. it. Close. Bo, Bo
1: Shem Beckler. I got go. it. I know. I feel like I'm working on words with Dax. Uh <laughs> Yes. Yep. So third all-time. Congratulations, Coach. Uh, did you see the video of him and Coach Parker?
0: Yes. And oh. Did
1: you also cry? Close. Yeah.
0: When grown men cry like that, it'll get <laughs> He you. tries
1: so hard to hide his emotions. That, that's probably one of the most emotional days that you will ever see, just based on all the things that were there, right? Mm. So honorary captain of a current player that can't play, it's senior day. Uh, it's Brian Ferentz's last time coaching at Iowa. And in, so like in Kinnick. in Kinnick. like what you know, what does that mean? As a last time the OC, you know, potentially he'll come back and you know, whatever roles they make. But as of right now, like that's last time he's coaching there. Coach Ferentz beating Coach uh Beckler. Beauchamp- excuse me. Oh,
0: I'm sorry, Matt. Yep. Yeah. Can you say that?
1: Yeah, yeah. No. Coach Ferentz uh moving past Beauchamp Beckler for most or for third most win to the big ten clinched the Big Ten West with less than five minutes to go in the game. Like, there's so many things that made that game emotional. Night game. Uh, and it turned into a night game. Yeah, like, it's 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 a testament to the players. The coach is getting them ready, but the players really being able to handle that. Because the offense went out there and did what they needed to do, put up 15 points. Drew Stevens left four out there, which is unfortunate. But outside of that, like, it's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, that's an eyeball win. Close game, not blowing anybody out, not getting blown out. And just win the game.
0: Tell me about Deacon Hill. He looked pretty good. Yeah. I like think he's getting a little more comfortable.
1: That uh, And the run.
0: <laughs> I liked his run.
1: Yeah. Um, he really tucked that ball away. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I thought about making uh, Nico the unsung hero. Spoiler alert. It's not. Um, but when he took off, I, I've seen Nico, like his quick twitch kind of stuff. His Did block. you see him sprint across to get like...
0: I noticed it right away. He looked
1: like uh, He looked like the guy from Get Out.
0: Oh, get out challenge.
1: Yeah. We're, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's like running and blast this guy and Deacon Hill gets a first down. I think it was uh, Bostic, number seven, uh, was trying to block there, but like he hasn't got enough game reps to know to like go hit somebody because mm. he kind of got hit and whatever. But Nico was like, shoom, boom, made a hit. Deacon Hill first down.
0: That's so funny you brought that up because I was like, wow, great block, Nico." Because I was down, I think I was down at the north end when that oh, all happened, wow.
1: yeah. Arm action, leg action, great. Not Deacon's, Nico's. <laughs> Uh Deacon did enough to get the first down.
0: He did. I saw a tweet, Marvin McNutt was like, Deacon, you had that in you all along. How come we haven't seen that yet?
1: Well, I'm okay with him chilling in the pocket. <laughs> he uh, does good at that too. And the rollouts, I guess. But um, yeah, the touchdown was great. Um, I don't know if it's called like a, I think they ran like a, we called it scooter when I was there, Um, but it's almost like a snag type concept where I think they were trying to pick the linebacker for the running back to come out. So it was a three by one or two by one set. Caleb Brown was on the uh, end of the boundary and he runs basically a slant and then he stops and he's stopping at that outside backer or he's aiming at the outside backers upfield shoulder because we anticipate man to man coverage when you get down there. And so if he comes in and he sits there, the linebacker has to decide, is he going to run over the top of Caleb Brown or is he going to try and run underneath because he's got the back man to man and the back is running out and up to the end zone. It's it's like a flatten up. And so Deacon Hill reads it and this guy's not open you know, he tries to get in the way, linebacker doesn't really get affected, there's somebody sitting underneath, so he can't do, he can't do anything there, but Addison Estrenga runs the back line, and Deacon Hill does this interesting thing that not a whole lot of quarterbacks that I've seen play the position do, a lot of quarterbacks will just manipulate their head or their eyes, Deacon shifts his entire body to his next read, I don't know if you notice that, like his feet will be chilling, and then it's like, okay, there's one, and then boom, he'll reset his feet to two, boom, he'll reset his th- to three and he hit addison in the back of the end zone Hmm. like that's growth to go through all three progressions find the guy touchdown
0: interesting how do you feel about that the movement of the body does that matter a little bit different
1: i just haven't seen it normally the quarterback will just move his head but i feel like i feel like there's pros and cons like it might make you go slower through your reads because you're forcing your entire body to move But at the same token, I also think that there's something to being able to see it and rip it as soon as you see it. Instead of like, see it, oh, now I got to turn my body and throw, Mm -hmm. versus my body's already ready to throw. So there's probably pros and cons to both. But being able to go through that progression, find it, end zone. Uh, Got the receivers involved. Caleb Brown has been a a welcome addition. Um, It kind of took him a little bit to get on. Obviously, we hope Deontay Vines gets back on the field soon, uh, because he made some wow catches as well. So, But Caleb Brown being able to find it. And quick passes for Deacon, you know, quick screens. I saw that play probably four or five times. Great. You get three yards. That's a good play, in my opinion. Three to four yards on first or second down, great play. So being able to get the ball out of his hands quick, a lot of bootlegs. Um, Deacon is surprisingly really good on the move. Like a lot of those crossers and things, he was he was on the money with a lot of those passes. So he's starting to feel more comfortable. I feel like they're starting to make his reads a little bit easier. Uh, not saying that he can't comprehend the other stuff, but like we just saw him go one to two to three to to score the touchdown. But being able to see the guy coming across, fit the ball into tight windows, he's capable of that. He just needs to trust it, play fast. And then that's kind of what happened on Saturday.
0: Okay. How about the run game? LeSean looked really good.
1: LeSean uh, got, I think, 10 to 14 carries. I can't remember. And then Caleb Johnson had whatever number LeSean didn't have. Mm. Um, obviously, Caleb uh, with the... Game winner with four minutes and 40-something to go. Um, but Um Yeah, it's in jazz a little bit less. I mean, it kind of goes to show when you've got that many guys, you just go with the hot hand. And LeSean had the hot hand for a, quite, a, quite a bit. I want to say there were a lot of first and second down runs where he was getting six, seven, eight yards. Uh Caleb Johnson being able to come in at the end. Maybe it's fresh. Maybe that's why he's able to rip it off. You know, offensive line does just enough for him to get to the second level and then let him do what he needs to do. Um, so jazz, I think only had about four carries or something like that, but that kind of stuff I thought was, was very big and our run game is going to be, Iowa's. what Iowa clicks to. So being able to do that and then the play action off of it, um, like that's Iowa's game. You run the ball effectively. You do play action, let Deacon Hill read one or two guys to make the right throw. And that's success at Iowa.
0: So then you talk about defense and I thought minus Cooper, I thought we looked pretty good, pretty tightened up. But at the same time, I was like, oh, like Illinois is really making some plays here. Not typical of what we would see with our defense. And then I thought back to the previous weekend when Illinois put up like, what, 48 on Indiana. So like, it's not like they have an inept offense. So it's it wasn't shocking that there were a few big plays that they were able to make. Right.
1: Well, with Cooper, um, he kind of takes away half the field. Yeah. Like Paddock probably isn't looking to the boundary or to the left or wherever Cooper's playing. Just because Cooper's there. Right now, he trusts this guy as A. Williams, but he he kind of takes away half the field to where it's like, okay, now I have to focus on these guys. Whereas the entire field is open up if you got a new guy. And Deshaun Lee's played throughout the year um, when Jamari was down and stuff like that. So he's played football. It's been a little bit, but uh, he made some big time stops. And a testament to the defense, they had 13 passes deflected. Mm. I think we're averaging three a game. Mm-hmm. We had 13. That's a lot low. of them were guys at the defensive line, batting them down. Um, we had two dropped interceptions. I think Deshaun Lee had a chance, and I think Sebastian Castro had a chance. Um, so, I mean, guys are still there to make the play. 13-pass defense, I mean, that's, that's a huge number.
0: Logan Lee was all over the place. There were so many plays where I saw him just.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's a big dude.
0: Logan Lee, friend of the pod.
1: Friend of the pod.
0: <laughs> no, they looked pretty good. Um, and And jay
1: higgins finally had double digit tackles about time
0: why do you say finally there was literally one game
1: yeah no i love jay just picking on him yeah i love jay higgins (laughs) Uh, but yeah that was pretty cool Uh, they also showed a video of him and his family you said his dad was dressed to the nines is that right?
0: yes we love roy (laughs) do you follow him on twitter i don't hawk 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 and eyes what heganized get haganized?
1: get do you even know what it is?
0: Okay, can I <laughs> that's what it is.
1: Uh, no, I have not.
0: He's a Twitter personality. Okay. He's all about it. You know those Hawkeye parents. At least one of them emerges every single year. Yes. In uh-huh. fact. And that was that's him this year. It was Roy. And okay. he had a a gold, look like a, you know, Hawkeye gold cowboy hat. I think it was a gold button up shirt, and then um green cowboy boots. Okay. It was a look.
1: It was a look. <laughs>
0: yes. Okay. It was awesome. But, okay, special teams, like you said, Drew left a, a few out there, a few points.
1: Yeah, the missed field goal he just pushed. The the extra point, I'm actually not sure. I mean, it was so bad that I wonder if it, like, it was a bad snap or mm-hmm. if, like, the whole operation was bad, because usually you don't see that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he got the laces or the ball wasn't held correctly or something. I'm not just going to put that one on Drew. But um, four points missed out there. It's unfortunate, but at the same token, we won so, again, rather learn than win. And he already said that he's going to be harder on himself than Coach Woods will be. So I expect him to be buttoned up and ready for next week.
0: Yeah. And then Tori Looks good as ever.
1: Tori looked great. <sighs> Had one that could have been at the two-yard line. That's another one where you're missing Cooper, right? Right. But, uh, blanking on the guy's name, but number four did his best to try and get it there. Just not Cooper. Yeah. So, But now he's got another rep. So hopefully next week when that happens, he's ready to go and stop it at the two.
0: I want to know your J.B. Roofing unsung hero this week. What do you got?
1: Unsung hero, it's a pretty uneventful play, but what it meant. So Quinn Schulte, unsung hero, finally going on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. So Illinois, um, it's in the second quarter. It's second and 10, and they try to pick him. So like I said, what we tried to do on the touchdown to Addison Estrango, where Kayla Brown gets in the way of the linebacker to come over the top, well – They tried to do that to Quinn Schulte. They ran a bunch of crossers right at him to try and make him uh, have to run the hump, essentially, and get over the top of these guys. Now, I don't know if their aiming points were bad or whatnot, or if they thought that somebody else was manning up the running back, but Quinn Schulte was a man-to-man coverage uh, with the running back. Running back shoots out. They run crossers, so he's got to finagle his way through. As soon as the ball touches the uh, the running back, Quinn Schulte lights him up. Ball comes out. Seems pretty, like low key because okay it's just an incomplete pass move on to the next one well they were close to field goal range so if they connect on that one they might be in field goal range but instead what happens is they go to third down incomplete pass they have to punt it and they don't get any points out of it so in a, just a simple like okay i know they're going to try and pick me off here doesn't allow it to happen pass break up That results in them not getting points. Again, a second down in completion seems insignificant, but what it led to is what, what was important. And points were at a premium. I mean, they usually are in Iowa games. So uh, just a simple job of not getting picked, forcing incompletion, let them not get points. Quinn Schulte, unsung hero.
0: Very good. Okay. We're going to get into our next segment. So Matt today, which is Sunday, I've got a wrestling meet. Men's wrestling meet at Carver at noon. Then after that, we've got women's basketball at six o'clock. Therefore, we weren't able to schedule an interview today because of my schedule. So I decided I'm going to interview you. Are you ready for that?
1: Was this an executive decision?
0: Yeah, I made this decision executive by me. But Great. are you ready for it?
1: Uh, yep. Okay.
0: We'll be right back. Need a new roof, gutter, or siding in eastern Iowa? Call JB Roofing, the local and reliable roofer with over 20 years of experience. They do one roof at a time, unlike others who juggle multiple projects and cut corners. They also serve a 45-mile radius around Kelowna and help you with any insurance claims. Don't wait! Call 319-656-ROOF or visit their website, jbroofingkelowna.com, for a free estimate. JB Roofing, the small-town roofer you can trust. Hey, Matt, did you know that Iowa City Tire does more than just tires?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, they've been servicing the corridor for like 40 years.
0: Okay, but did you know that until somebody had to tell you?
1: No. No, I didn't.
0: Well, hey, check out how they're doing things in a very different way at Iowa City Tire and Service, where service actually comes first. Visit ictire.com. Well, before we hop into our interview, I do want to remind all of you to like, subscribe, uh, make sure you're following us on social media, because coming up, we will have some exciting news to share with you, and I don't want you to miss it, okay? So we are the Talkin' Hawks pod on social media, the Talk About Network on YouTube. Make sure you're following along so we can keep you up to date. Well, we have a special guest in the house today. Not that special.
1: I was going to say not that special.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd like you all to please welcome to the interview segment, Matt Vandenberg.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Hello, sir. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I've already asked you how you are today at the beginning of this podcast. Yep. Yep. Well, I'm going to interview you today because, Matt, I feel like you have an interesting story that I think a lot of student athletes can probably relate to. Do you know what... Here's my first question. What is the percentage of uh, football players, college football players that do not make it to the NFL?
1: That don't make it? Yeah. Like 97%.
0: 97%. Hmm. That's crazy.
1: Something like that. I mean, you think about each college team probably has roughly 120 kids. Mm -hmm. You know, you got 85 scholarships, probably another 35, 45 walk-ons. And then of that, you think about how many teams are in the FBS. You know, there's 133 just in the FBS. That doesn't include FCS, which is like your South Dakota States, USD. I'm bored of that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, you think about all those kids, yeah. right? And then you've got 53, 60 per NFL roster and there's 32 teams.
0: There you go. A very high percentage that do not make it.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, let's start at the very beginning. Where are you from, Matt?
1: Uh, I was born in Tucson, Arizona, okay. but grew up in Brandon, South Dakota.
0: And Brandon is the home of how many people? Do you know? At the I, time when you lived there? 8,000? 8, 8,000? 8, that sounds right. Wow. That's very small.
1: I think it was 8,000.
0: That feels like a small amount of people for how many you had in your class. How many people did you have in your class at, what is it, Brandon Valley?
1: Brandon Valley. Yeah, 260. But we had um, like Valley, Brandon, uh, Valley Springs is a town that was next to us. And in South Dakota at the time, you could open and enroll anywhere. So like you could live in Sioux Falls, but if you wanted to go to Brandon, you could just go. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. there's
1: no cap. No cap.
0: <laughs> okay. um What sports did you play at Brandon Valley? Uh,
1: football and track, and that's it. Really? Because I broke you... my wrist. So I never played basketball. Yeah, pretty good scar. A hmm. couple surgeries in high school. And so never played basketball. I was always in a cast.
0: I'm just going to ask you these questions as if I don't know the answers, by the way.
1: Well, I, we didn't go over what you were going to ask me anyway. So these oh. are all genuine. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's all a surprise so you broke your wrist and Mm -hmm. then you played didn't you play like a season or two with the cast on playing football with it
1: yeah my sophomore year um so i was uh was trying to dunk a ball i think in like my freshman year got rejected by the rim or i hit the rim or something went down stuck my hand out thought just thought it was a sprain so they just put me in like a little cast thing and then i played my sophomore year started at safety um had like six or seven, had six interceptions, then they moved me to offense for just a couple where I could just like force it against my other hand. Hmm. Um, Did that my sophomore year. Then the next year uh, we came up and then they said that they were going to, uh, like it was still broken right before the season and I was like, I'm not gonna have surgery. So I just taped it up, played through the year, had surgery right after junior year and then recovered. And then right before senior year, they're like, hey, it's still broken. You're going to have to have another surgery. And I was like, I'm not doing that. So I taped it up, played through senior year, had the surgery right after, and then came to Iowa. And Iowa wanted me to have a third surgery. But I was like, "Nah, it's already like I'm doing enough. I don't I don't need to have another one.
0: So it's still broken. Yeah, no way.
1: I only know that because my time with the Jets, they took an x-ray and then it was still busted.
0: Interesting. Still existing. Still. Okay. And then let's see. So then you're come, you are come to Iowa, a town of 8,000 you come out of. How did you get recruited? I'm assuming people aren't super eager to flock to Brandon, South Dakota at the time that you were there.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> no. And uh, so I think I mentioned this. I can't remember who the guest was, but I made 55 physical dvds of my highlight tape and sent them out to different colleges um, and i went to every camp i could between before my junior year and before my senior year um, and to get to iowa i went to an iowa camp made a play um made a couple plays on this like ultimate frisbee type thing and then that's how i got asked to go to the coach woods camp i went to coach woods camp where i could show off a little bit more in a more condensed setting um, and then that's really how I started to get recruited. And then I went to like Iowa State and ran the forty and stuff. But they told me I wasn't fast enough to play there. Minnesota told me I wasn't strong enough to play there. Uh, I remember Coach Kill talking to me because Coach Jerry Kill was the head coach at the at the time, and he said, "You'll never play. You're not strong enough to play D1 football." And because they did like the bench thing as a part of it. I was allergic to the weight room in high school. Like I was 162 pounds when I got to Iowa. I couldn't lift anything. And so the, I like <laughs> unracked it, it like hit my chest and I couldn't do a rep. But like I was running routes and doing stuff. But it's kind of weird how the guy who couldn't lift anything goes to Iowa.
0: Jeez, Coach Kill, relax.
1: Yeah. So I was like, no matter what, I'm making it like that. That's yeah. it.
0: Did you have options outside of Iowa?
1: Uh, Wisconsin really wanted me to walk on there. And Coach Anderson was the head coach at the time. I remember, actually, I went to a camp there. Zach Kazani was a receivers coach. I really liked him. Went up and met Coach Bielema in his office. Um, And he's like, hey, we don't have any scholarships, but we'd really like you to come. And I was like, "Ah, I'll think about it. And then um, Coach Bielema left. Coach Anderson came in. They came to Brandon for a visit. um, And they said, we really want you to walk on, but it's going to come down to Robert Wheelwright, this receiver in Ohio. And I think I've said the story before, where if he didn't sign, I was going to get that scholarship. But he signed... And I was like, well, I can't. I don't have the money to do that. So then I went to Iowa. It, it, it was it was really close because I grew up watching the Badgers more so than the Hawkeyes. Hmm. Um, but obviously, God makes everything happen for a reason.
0: Do you ever think about what life would be like if you would have gone to Wisconsin?
1: I thought about that in a time or two, but uh, I'm really happy with the way things turned out. I mean, obviously, there's things, you know, I would have loved to have played 30 years in the NFL or whatever, but I got to meet the love of my life and other things, so it's, it worked out the way that God intended.
0: So then you get to Iowa. What's that freshman year like? I mean, cause you gray, you were supposed to gray shirt. And then what was that process like?
1: Yeah. So I was painting, uh, Schmidt's painting, shout out. Uh, the whole business was Jeremy Schmidt and myself. And like every day we were working eight to six. Um, and then Saturdays we were working, um, because I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to take online classes. So a gray shirt just means that I wouldn't start until that following spring. Mm-hmm. So that fall, I would just take online courses, whatever it would transfer. And so I was, I wasn't even working out. Like I would just go run routes just because I like it. <laughs> I liked it that much. But really I was just kind of painting and I was like, ah, you know, as we get closer, like I'll start lifting weights. But then five days before camp, the receiver, uh, a receiver got let go Um And KF called me and he was like, hey, can you be here in five days? He
0: called you personally, not somebody else.
1: Yeah. And I was actually at my girlfriend's house at the time. (laughs) And I remember like stepping away, like I'm leaving. Like, that's it. Called my mom and I was like, hey, I'm going to camp. Whoa. Yeah, it was really strange.
0: Rocked your world there for a second. Yeah. Barely had time to pack.
1: It probably worked the best because my mom can get pretty emotional. So it probably worked the best of like, you don't even have time to think. And then all of a sudden you're there.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Who was your um, roommate?
1: Like uh, that first camp. That first camp was Tanner Miller because I thought I was going to play defense. And then oh, yeah. I got to play offense. I think I told that story already. Yep. Um. And so he didn't help me at all. but
0: So you're 162 pounds and you walk in and who, name one of the seniors that's like on the offensive line at the time. Brandon Sheriff? He wouldn't have
1: been a senior. What year would he have been? <laughs> he wasn't a senior, but yeah, he was pretty big. <laughs> well, I remember.
0: like.
1: Well, no. So, okay. So on one of my official visits, I went to. Man, I don't know even know how many Iowa games I went to. I went to a ton when I was getting recruited. And got to go to the locker room and I see like Marvin McNutt plays the same position as me. Dude's like 6'4, 220. <laughs> and I'm like, that's me. <laughs> like, what?
0: Did you have any kind of like imposter syndrome of that? Never. What they no? Never. Even being that small and you walk in and you're like, hey guys. I mean, come on. No. Seriously, why?
1: believed in my abilities like i remember uh one of the first days of camp solomon warfield uh who i think is now a photographer uh he ended up transferring out and went to youngstown state um but like he covered me on a fade ball and i ran by him and caught it. he goes oh i didn't know this white boy could run like that and the reason that that like stuck out is like yeah i know i can do this mm. like it doesn't matter how big i am like i was always told i was too small so it's like well Really doesn't matter if I can do what I need to do at a high level. I don't care how big I am. If I need to go in there and dig out a safety that's forty pounds heavier, I'm going to figure out the right way to do it and I'm go in there and get him. Like that's that's it.
0: So then you had the opportunity to play your freshman year, mm-hmm. and what was that like?
1: Uh, I remember so I I redshirted that very first game, which would have been NIU, but then the following game, I remember uh, BK brought me into the receivers room and he's like, "You're up." I was like, "What do you mean?" He goes, "We're gonna." We're going to play a You're going to play this week. And I was like, you like this week? <laughs> He's like, yeah, yep. Yeah, you're going to be with the varsity guys. You're going to, uh, we're going to get you, get you going. Okay. Like, no time to think. And thankfully, one of my buddies also wasn't registering, LaShawn Daniels, shout out, uh, played as a true freshman. So, like, he had already gone through it the previous week. Because when you're living in the dorms, it's really hard to, like, know what you're doing because your schedule is different than all your buddies. So LaShawn and I lived right next to each other. So we would always go together and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. And then I get out there against Missouri State. My first two plays, I catch two passes. Um, it was pretty cool.
0: Cool. Okay. So then I kind of want to fast forward. Are you good with that? I love it. Okay. So 2015, that was a pretty special year. That's the undefeated season. Yeah, we got the hat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Okay. So with a team like that, you kind of have to wonder what makes that team different or what makes it special outside of, yeah, we had a lot of dudes that could play really good football. What was it about, like, that team and how you guys kind of all worked together that made it different and made made you guys able to pull something off like that?
1: Well, 2014 was a pretty rough year. We went 7-6, and uh, got blasted in the bowl game uh, by Tennessee, and I think KF would refer to it as a sick football team. Like, we could all go out and play, but it wasn't necessarily all together. There was, like, some jumbled stuff um it was kind of a revolving door between rudock and cj because jake would get hurt and then cj would go in and play well but rudock was the guy and so it all kind of we weren't really like cohesive yet um and sometimes you got to go through those lows to be like all right well we really need to stick together we can't care what anybody else is saying and i mean usually when people are down on the hawks they come back right the next year and so like that was a team that had a lot of fun together i mean that's like and nobody really like got furious at one another like you're going you're going up against the same dude every day in practice like you're gonna get mad at him but like cj wouldn't really yell or curse out the receivers he was just kind of like you guys know you're better than this stop doing that or something like that and then i tell him he's not throwing a spiral and he'd get all mad but like it was a bunch of guys having fun and when you're having fun and you're bought in and you believe in it that was the first year that we changed too we went to the morning schedule for the very first time And so I was like, okay, we're going to try and do these things proactively to put ourselves in a better position to be successful. And so I think buy-in across the way, that was the first year of the indoor and like the new facilities. And so I think all that kind of factored into like, we're really making strides. We need to, you know, really pull it together. Um, And with a guy like CJ Undercenter, I think it changes things too, because I think that he's... I don't know i don't know how much i buy into like natural born leaders and like that kind of stuff i think that there is merit to it but i also think he went through the fire enough to be like i know how to conduct myself and i know what i can do and how to help guys be successful he was willing to take risks and i think the defense like that too you know whether it's running the ball or fitting it into a tight window to myself or to vaughn and i think like mm-hmm. that kind of willingness to push the ball i think helps everybody and so we we all believed in one another to make those kinds of plays and like you mentioned earlier next man in You know, we had a bunch of guys that had to come in and play and it was like plug and play. And what BK used to say of like, if the next guy can come in and go, then we're going to go. So
0: then we get to the end of that 2015 season, get the win over Nebraska, Big Ten West champs, go on to the Big Ten championship. And that was, that was a heartbreaker. Yeah. And part of that, I think you, I don't want to say like regret, but there's, there was a moment that was like kind of turned the tides in that game that was with you and you got held. So what was the conversation that you had with your receivers coach before you went out to run that route? Was it a fade route? No. Did I get that
1: right? No. no? <laughs> so, um, no, Tavon just caught the deep 80 yards oh, <laughs> or whatever the Gus Johnson great. call. Yep. Um, we come right back and we're in a double move. It was a 585 pump. So essentially I'm running a five route, which is a, a comeback. So I get to the top of my route then I turn over my right shoulder cause I'm on the right side of the ball, turn over my right shoulder like I'm going to the sideline. We had hit it, I don't know how many times, and it might have been play action, and then I turn up the field from there. And BK said, the only thing you can't do here is you cannot get collisioned. Like, you cannot touch him. That's it. Only coaching point. And I screwed it up. (laughs) Um, But I ran so far away from this guy. Like I saw where he's at and I was like, okay, I'm going to aim like four yards to his right. So when I break down, there's no way he can touch me got me anyway (laughs) um sometimes i think about whether or not i should have laid out but i don't think there's any way that i would have gotten it anyway
0: well i think the the commentators too when they watched that they were like that was a smart move by
1: no it was incredibly smart it was a great play it's stupid (laughs) but it was a great play
0: because had you had he not done that that would have been a touchdown yeah
1: easy i was scooting
0: that's tough and then you guys you lost it in the last second last seconds of the game explain kind of the emotions of that team you guys were so close um and like had done so much that entire season and then to have it kind of come to an end not an end because you obviously had the Rose Bowl after that but for that to kind of happen in that way what was that like what was the locker room like after that
1: very quiet mm. but like as an offense you always feel like it's your fault and really as a competitor you should always look in inward and be like what could I have done better and um there are a couple like quick bubbles and stuff that i feel like i should have been better at or a fast that i should have been better at we call them keys but like little things like that that i'm like man why don't i just run or why don't i just do whatever i was thinking too much and little stuff like that but you think about like the interception in the end zone like we're driving we're almost scoring and then you know gets popped up in the air dude makes a one-handed catch as he's running away like okay they have a 13-minute drive against one of the best defenses to come through Iowa. Like, that's a superhuman effort. I still don't know whether or not he got the fourth down on the, on the option or the quick run on the outside, but neither here nor there. But, like, that kind of stuff is, like, we knew that it would, have, it would have had to have taken a superhuman effort to beat us. And, unfortunately, they had that superhuman effort.
0: And then you go to the Rose Bowl, and that was kind of a different story in terms of how all of that turned no. out. Christian McCaffrey ran – All over you
1: you don't have to say it like that
0: (laughs) he did quite literally (laughs) that was a tough one We scored a touchdown in the rose bowl there's not a whole lot of people that can say that how did that feel i mean obviously you guys were down down pretty bad but what was that moment like did you even take it in until after probably no it was just like oh here we go another i like
1: scored and it's similar to like my score against i think kanziri was actually on both and the reason that's important is like we're losing so bad in the tax layer bowl And, like, I scored my first touchdown against Tennessee. Cool. We're down by 30. Like, I don't care that I scored a touchdown. But Kanzeri came over and, like, hyped me up. And was like, hey, congrats. You know, like, did a little. And it was Jordan Walsh actually was over there, too. And, like, it's pretty cool that, like, your teammates still have your back of, like, hey, we know we're down by 30. I'm not going to try any less hard, but... Like I'm down by 30. Like I don't, I don't ever want to be in that situation. Rose Bowl, same thing. I think Kanziri came up and like gave me a shoulder pad and like the guys came over and it's like, I'm still going to try my hardest because we're playing and I'm not going to allow myself not to, but, um, it takes away from the, from how cool that situation is in the moment and you go back and you think about it, you're like, oh, that's cool. I scored in the Rose Bowl, (laughs) you know?
0: So then we go into 2016, you were kind of like the dog. Everyone was really excited for you. You were the oldest guy in the room, right? In the not th-
1: room, uh, I was
0: probably the most experienced.
1: Most experienced, yeah, because Riley was on the team still.
0: Okay, so everyone's real excited for you to come back. You were having like the the practices of your lifetime. Yeah, you know, that camp. That camp, camp in was, that camp.
1: That camp was my best football by far. Yeah, not even close.
0: And then we go into so then something happened with your shins. And so you were you were kind of held back for some reps in those first few games, and a lot of people had some questions about that. But with injuries like that, that's not something that Iowa would disclose because it wasn't an obvious, like, oh, he needs surgery um, kind of thing. So what was going on there?
1: I kind of hinted at it a little bit. I can't remember who was on the podcast. But, um, yeah, so they were afraid that my shins were going um, to basically fracture. Yeah, so they had to monitor how much I was running based on that. But – It's unfortunate because, again, that was my best football. I was playing at a really high level. Uh, So I got monitored going into the season where I could only play in 11 personnel sets. And for those listening, 11 personnel is one back, one tight end, three receivers. So I would come on as the third receiver. Uh, So like North Dakota State, I didn't play the full game. Um, I forget who we had week. That might have been week one or week three. Miami of Ohio, I only came in and like. I'm catching bubbles for 45 yards, you know, and a bubble is a quick screen. I got great blocking on the outside and like, I'm going, but then I got to come out because I can't take that many reps. The one game I play full, Iowa State, and I go off for, you know, seven or nine, however many it was, Mm -hmm. and a touchdown. Like, that was the one game that they took the governor off. So, like, I was playing at the peak of, like, my football. Like, that was where I wanted to be. Um, And then, unfortunately, you know, I ended up breaking my foot after Rutgers, um, so I had limited reps except for one game and I got to show what I'm capable of. Uh, and unfortunately broke my foot and wasn't able to continue that.
0: So then had the surgery, you were out the entire year and you decide medical red shirt, come back 2017. Um, break it again. What's going through your head? What's, where's your mentality with all of that?
1: Well, I felt really bad for CJ, uh, Bethard. And honestly, it's just because we had such camaraderie, like I knew where he was going to throw the ball. He knew where I was going to be. And like with the other guys in the room, he just hadn't built that up yet because he hadn't got enough reps. Uh, So I really felt for him because it's like, and the offense and the team, of course. But like, I'm not going to say CJ and I are like best friends. like going to hang out all the time. But just knowing that you've got a guy out there that you can trust as much as the work we had put in, like it's it's just unfortunate. So like I was really sad, uh, of course, and I'm not being able to compete. I remember breaking it in practice and walking over. And like, I don't I don't know, Doug West, uh, who was a trainer at the time, took off my cleat. And he goes, yeah, it's broken. And that was really sad. And there was a sad phone call uh, to you <laughs> uh, having to go over there. Um, I think I had surgery the next day. And then February of 17, I'm running the exact same round. It's the post corner. Boom, boom. Come out of the break. Break's a second time, but the screw held it together. So my foot just hurt for like two weeks. Like I was still competing and doing all that stuff. And then I went and I was like, hey, my foot's kind of bothering me. Turns out that I had rebroke it had to have a second surgery where they did a bone graft for my knee, took out the screw that was in there, put in a bigger screw. Um, and I was off my feet for a long time. And I remember that's like, I'm going through a position change in terms of from a slot to an outside new offensive coordinator. Um, so I'm having to learn all these new plays and I can't rep it cause I'm not there in spring ball, not able to build up a uh, camaraderie with Stanley cause I haven't been able to rep with him yet. Um, so that was, that was a pretty tough transition. I finally came back in summer and was able to work on some of that stuff, but I had a litany of injuries my senior year anyway. Um, so, I mean, that was it's just unfortunate being there, but I tried to take as much of a coach role as I could the first time, and the second time was like, okay, how can I make sure that I don't have a single mental error when I step on the field?
0: So then after the 2017 season, you get an agent and attempt your go at the NFL. What did that look like for you?
1: uh well we were on the beach uh when i told neil and i was like hey let's go <laughs> you know and i officially signed with neil um and then i'm getting ready uh getting ready for pro day training hard and i broke my foot a week before pro day this is the third time for the third time uh and i just took some pills to get through which i don't recommend but it's what i did um in order to be able to do pro day i did everything but the three cone drill and Scott's were like why aren't you doing three cone drill and I was like, I just don't, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I was able to run all the routes, do everything else, but I probably screwed myself by saying that my foot hurt for the three cone. Mm. Either way, this is what it is. Ran good routes, um, did everything else I needed to do at a decent level. It wasn't my best because um, broken foot, like I can't <laughs> like do everything I want to, but for the most part, able to do what I needed to anyway.
0: So then kind of had a tough time getting into a camp and what did what did your uh
1: the squeaky wheel or squeaky, squeaky wheel, wheel gets the grease gets the grease yeah, yep. yeah
0: so did they just had to keep trying basically on draft day got you into the jets camp mini camp how'd that go
1: yeah uh almost didn't in. get to compete <laughs> yeah, so they did X-ray because I mean the NFL knows about all your injuries. Like when Deontay Vines eventually goes on, like they're gonna have to X-ray everything that he's ever had to make sure. And it's just because it's a liability a- aspect for them, right? They're a business, uh, so they look at my foot still broken, look at my wrist still broken, um, and so I had to wait for about. Oh man, there probably were ten to twelve doctors in my room looking at my X-rays, debating on if if they were even gonna let me compete. I remember praying, like, God, please just let me have this. Like, I've worked really hard to get here. Please just let me have this. And uh, one of the doctors is like, well, maybe this is just how he heals. He can do everything. So signed off. And I was like, thank goodness. I went back into the elevator. I remember, like, crying. like on my way down because I finally get an opportunity to compete. Walked in. I was number 14 out of 14 receivers. <clears throat> the numbers up. And I might have told the story before, but I was the last name. So 85 was my number when I was there because they don't put names because they don't they're not going to get attached to anybody Uh, it's it's a business right if you're not good you're out so i remember 85 was at the bottom of zx and i think they used the f um and so those three days i just tried as hard as i could to learn the playbook and by the end of it i was first on all three and learning all the plays and everything and felt really good about what happened in new york
0: so then make the short list
1: yeah, they said that they would give me a call if anybody gets hurt or anything like that. They didn't have any room uh, in their, on the roster right now, but they really liked what they saw.
0: And then you go to the Bears the following weekend.
1: Yeah, go to Chicago. I just had to sign something that I wasn't hurt. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs>
1: so whatever. I was like, ah, I'm cool. I just competed. <laughs> um, go there. Uh, Iowa 2.0. New York, we were on the field, off the field, 90 minutes. Uh i think we we're on the field for like 130 some minutes uh so it was it was a long time um and i remember i think it was the second day uh they're running cover four I'm, i've got a poster out so i know i'm getting the ball and i'm coming off boom boom do a quick thing and tear my hamstring uh and that led me out so that would have been may and i was out from may until december rehabbing and i still have a uh, deficiency in my hamstring
0: that was kind of the, one of the craziest injuries I think I've seen from you. Obviously the the foot and the AC sprains on the shoulders, shoulders. Those are crazy. But the hamstring, it was like it just completely tore and it like balled up was yeah. at the bottom, and it was like black and blue. I still have pictures of it because it was so nasty. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That was one of your one of your worst injuries. So then after that, you're like, I still don't want to give up. And in the meantime. I was like working, trying to support the both of us <laughs> so that you could go live your dream. Right. And mm-hmm. we're just we're just trying so hard and like going through all the ups and downs of it. Um, and then you tried the XFL. Try it that.
1: Well, so I'm going to back up. So I rehab that shout out to Nick DeMarco, who gave me a bunch of workouts and stuff. Uh, he's out at Elon Performance University, but he was a strength coach at Iowa when I was there. Um, a lot of unilateral work, meaning one leg, uh, to strengthen it back up, get ready. I actually went through pro day again. Oh, that's right. Um, and I did better on all my numbers, every single one of them, better jump. <laughs> Granted, my foot probably wasn't broken this time, but, uh, was able to, uh, run faster, jump higher, do all that stuff. Um, and then didn't get a call, but that's when the XFL was starting. And so I went down there for a 45 minute workout. Um, in St. Louis. In St. Louis. Yep. And i uh, felt really good about everything i did there um and then the office coordinator that brought me down there or the guy that brought me down there got fired like two or three days after and so god was finally like bro you're done <laughs> like, like you've tried that's great this isn't for you uh, and so then I had to shift but that's i d- definitely was able to give it everything i had
0: and then plan b was always coaching yeah and so Your thought process was, well, why not try to coach at Iowa? Because that's where I was working at the time. still am, but had my job there. And you went in for your interview.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised you brought this up because it's kind of a touchy touchy subject. Not anymore. Not anymore. It was at the time. Uh, So I interviewed uh, for a GA position, which for those of you that don't know, it's like a grad assistant. Um, You work like 95 hours a week. um, And then it kind of like springboards you into being able to be a coach because you do all the breakdown of film and all that stuff. And I had my interview. I knew the basic coverages and stuff like that, and was able to like talk to him. The other guy that interviewed for the job admitted to using like really hard drugs during his interview. So I was like, "Oh, so I got the job? Like that's it?" Um, and I remember coming home from the interview, and at the time we were living in Latitude, which is now known as the Banks, and um, like I felt sick to my stomach, and I was like, "God is telling me this isn't where I'm supposed to be," and so I told him I wasn't going to take the job and you about you didn't leave me you weren't going to leave me over that but it, it was that was pretty bad
0: yeah that was really tough because we had this plan b the whole time we've been working our butts off for this one thing well, you've I'm been like, working okay. your
1: butt off i've been trying to trying to make something happen
0: and then we just okay now we're going to do our plan b and then it got totally flip-flop and changed and i'm like okay so what are you going to do now and you said i don't know <laughs> i'm like what yeah not an option and so you literally had no plans no nope. so you know what i did I went on Google and I typed in, what are the jobs that make the most money? <laughs> because I was t- <laughs> tired of scrimping by with my little salary. And uh, real estate came up and I was like, great, try real estate. Cause I'm mad at you at this point. Like, oh, yeah. You just it. totally switched live up it. our entire life plan.
1: I mean, that, uh, that it makes sense though, right? Yes. In your mind, like, <laughs> this is it. Okay. Now he gets into <laughs> coaching and then I'm going to live the coaching life and then that's it. But yeah, got it, got it other plans
0: turned it upside down and then you reached out to Mike Bales because our thought, well, my thought process that you then agreed in was, (laughs) you know what, if you're going to go for something, reach out to the person that's at the top, like who's the best at it. Let's go try to associate with that person and see how they do it. And we saw Mike's name everywhere with Urban Acres. And I was like, reach out to this dude.
1: We also rented from him that we didn't know because it was under his wife's uh, rental property, but.
0: And then you met with him and now where are you now?
1: Yeah, now I'm on year four in real estate, uh, commercial, residential, doesn't matter. Um, Actually able to help a couple former players uh, find their place, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, a lot of stuff that I learned at Iowa in terms of like managing relationships and understanding how people are coached really changes also with the way that you talk to people. Like everybody kind of clicks to a different thing on like what's important to them, what are they looking for? How do you communicate? And I think I learned a lot of that at Iowa. As well as from Mike, but a lot of it from Iowa.
0: So kind of a heartbreaking story. <laughs> didn't make of, it. In terms of, I your... mean, you can
1: sum it up in three words: didn't make it.
0: Yeah. Well, this is kind of how things happen sometimes, right? We've we've been through a lot in terms of like trying to sort through all of that. <laughs>
1: but I think I think one thing that you and I have talked about, and I'm hoping that a lot of the student athletes that like watch this or think about, when you're in it, there's nothing outside of it. Mm. Like when you're living that life, when you're, when I was living Iowa football or living, trying to make the league, there was nothing outside of that. That is the, my entire life, my entire being, my entire like identity is strictly football. And I remember it was pretty hard for me when I took the real estate job. It was like, I'm no longer a football player.
0: And you kind of felt probably like a failure, right?
1: No, hundred percent. Cause I didn't do the thing that I wanted to do. Like that's all I've wanted to do since I was like six years old. My mom missed the sign up in third grade and I was livid. Uh, Cause I didn't get to play football in third grade. Like that's what I wanted to do my entire life. Um, but God gave me the opportunity to try out, it didn't work. And so now knowing that there's more to life and knowing that like the ultimate love that I have for you and our kids and like our, the lifestyle we have now, like I wouldn't trade that for anything and knowing what the NFL can bring. My body's pretty broken down as it is. Um, so like what would have another five years in the NFL done for me? Like, I don't know, because I was already injured going in. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where when you're sitting on the back end of it, you're like, wow, this is what life can be like. You know, but when you're in it, it's so regimented and there's nothing else. And um, it, it's really easy to get sucked into that's my only identity when when really that shouldn't be the case. So it turned out OK. I'd say so. Look at us. We're talking hawks.
0: Yeah look at us who would have thought <laughs> who would have thought what's that mean with fall red <laughs> well hey matt thanks thanks for the interview i think you shared a lot of your story that maybe people didn't quite know before like breaking your foot three times and competing on it <laughs> all right well we're gonna hop into our preview with nebraska headed to lincoln stay tuned this season Marquis pizzeria is teaming up with nico Regani to help the university of iowa children's hospital Together, they've created a new signature pizza, the Nico Parm. Sounds so good. $2 of every pizza will be donated to the Children's Hospital. Visit Marquis Pizzeria located in the Coralville River Landing this fall and help the kids by eating pizza.
1: You know, if you're not in the mood for pizza.
0: If you're not, I love Estella's because it is fresh, from the fresh grilled steak to the salsas to their fresh pressed tortillas.
1: I love Estella's because it's quick. We can get in and out and it doesn't feel like fast food. It feels like fresh food quick.
0: Yeah, we both love Estella's because it is made with love. They put a lot of pride in their food and customer service and they are locally owned. Plus, it was my biggest pregnancy craving, I will say that too. <laughs> That's Estella's Fresh Mex: fresh food made quick with love.
1: Locally owned and operated, Performance is a full-service restoration company serving Eastern Iowa. As an IICRC-certified firm, their multi-licensed technicians have decades of experience in water, mold, and fire mitigation. Whether it's your home or business, this is the team you want in a time of need. Performance Restoration, 319-626-2292.
0: The Appliance Barn offers a wide range of high-quality appliances at unbeatable
1: prices. Whether you're in the market for a new refrigerator, dishwasher, or a washing machine, they've got you covered.
0: They also have a delivery and setup department to ensure your appliances get delivered and installed quickly.
1: To find out more, visit appliancebarn.com.
0: Okay, Matt, taking on Nebraska. Nebraska. That's what you say? <laughs> Nabarska. <laughs> Herbie Husker, what do you know about him?
1: Herbie's fine. The other one's ridiculous.
0: Well, they just got a new Herbie. We'll a
1: new Herbie? Right.
0: They did it. April 2023.
1: Oh wow! So brand new.
0: I'm. I need to back up.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: I so. don't even. So I was looking at Wikipedia,
1: which is a reliable source. There. I don't think there's an age in there.
0: <laughs> this is why I get lit up in the comments of like, that's not what our mascot is. Because <laughs> I'm just on Wikipedia. <laughs> Full disclosure, uh, Herbie Husker used to be corncob Man, a long while back.
1: I actually feel like I know that.
0: Well, because I've told you this story before way back when we did our closet podcast.
1: (laughs) It's probably true.
0: Corn cob man. He used to wear um, green overalls. He had an ear of corn for a head. Yes. I don't even want to know what that was
1: made out of. I remember this.
0: We've been through so many... um, Ridiculous. The the histories of mascots that I don't even... like. They've been made out of such weird stuff. Paper mache, fiberglass is
1: always... This is probably real corn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would not put it past it. So then they had... So it was corn cob man. Then they had husky husker. And it was a farmer that stood 10 feet tall. Okay. That's very big. Uh, yeah. Wore overalls, a straw hat, and a fiberglass head. Okay. Okay. After that, Husky got retired. It was Harry Husker, also known as Mr. Big Red. You like Big Red gum? I don't, I don't mind it. I actually really like it. I went through a phase when I was pregnant where it was like all I wanted. Huh. Anyway, Mr. Big Red, also known as Harry Husker. Also 10 foot tall. He wore a blazer and a red brimmed hat. So this was a very formal oh,
1: okay. mascot. He this did. is like, this is not farmer in the field. This is farmer selling his product. Yep. Okay.
0: I guess. But his head was so big that it couldn't fit in the traveling bus. Of course not. <laughs> it
1: was so heavy.
0: I don't know how heavy it was, but it was so heavy that the person inside of it could only wear it for a maximum of 45 minutes. And then they had
1: to switch to a different person. Jeez.
0: I know. Isn't that crazy?
1: How many, how many did they have? how many I, people had to rotate i don't know i think a normal game is like you know three and a half hours i'm that's not fun. doing that math but it's like four or five people
0: yeah so there you go Oof. so then they had to retire that because the physical demands of it were just <laughs> too much that's what it said so the physical demands were too much okay. and so they came up with herbie husker and this was drawn by a man that i can't remember his name in <laughs> 1974 and they decided to adopt it as their official mascot and then in 2003 what year? I'm sorry. 1974
1: 74 okay so you've been around
0: mm-hmm. and then in 2003 they came out with the new Herbie and that's the one that like you're probably familiar with he's got the brown hair cowboy hat Yoke. yoked yes, yes. He's a strong man I think he he had on like a red button-up shirt and blue jeans and mm-hmm. work boots yes so now April that's fitting.
1: what that's fitting in yeah my opinion.
0: I would I would agree. I actually really enjoyed that mascot. I thought he looked good. He had like the the butt chin.
1: He had like very masculine Mm -hmm. jawline, and yeah, he looked the part. And then uh,
0: 2023, they decided that they were going to um, switch it up again, and they brought it back to kind of his roots because he used to be blonde, and now they made him blonde again with blue eyes, and he's still got the like manly face. wearing overalls and he has a corn cob in his pocket so kind of trying to pull all of the things in with this one i can't say i'm a fan
1: oh that bad huh
0: it's not good
1: okay i'm going to assume that we'll
0: we'll pull up some of the photos on the screen for everybody to check out so if you're listening you got to look it up or i haven't seen it you just gotta you gotta watch us on on the Taco Bout Network on YouTube. Uh, but yeah, so they got a new one. I thought that was kind of an interesting choice.
1: i want to talk about I, the other one.
0: Lil Red! Uh. <laughs> so you thought Purdue Pete was bad. Actually, speaking of that, you know what? I found... I'm on my phone here. Give me a second. Um, I found a picture of Purdue Pete and... <laughs> and Lil Red. And it's... Or not, Little Red. Sorry, Herbie Husker. It is a photo of nightmares. <laughs> it's not good. I'll show it to you. Hold on. Look okay. it. Oh no. Like just those those guys will come into your house and no. like bind you up, <laughs> torture you, and kill you. I'm just saying. <laughs> that was a little like, extreme. <laughs> sorry. That, that
1: went <laughs> very dark. I'm so sorry. But those eyes, soulless.
0: They will Solless. right in there. So, Lil Red, the costume costs $5,000. I'm. As Lil far,
1: Red's costume? Yeah. The thing that's made of like the Air. umbrella thing that you would do as a kid? <laughs> yes. Parachute. The parachute, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's fine. No way.
0: So, Lil Red is an interesting little guy, but he's actually. So, what they made him for is like they wanted him to be um, kind of like the companion, like the, the friend of Herbie Husker, which confuses the crap out of me because it's like this older guy farmer that just has this like young boy friend but also this young boy is like massive. As big as He's <laughs> bigger than Herbie Oscar. It's like the... It
1: looks like he belongs in Ness if anybody knows like Super Smash Brothers. Oh no I don't but... Our producer's nodding yes. But it's a good reference I guess.
0: <laughs> anyway so that's what they... That was, it was like to appeal to younger fans. And they originally only had them at volleyball games. And then it was such a hit that they brought him to football.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> He's just like the weirdest guy. Um, but the, the person inside of it wears like an operating, like, an, like a belt. Okay. And it has like a fan and a battery pack. And the battery pack actually only lasts an hour. I was like, that doesn't seem like a very long time for that to last, but it has to do a lot. OK, because it's a circulation system and it brings in 100, 100 cubic feet of air per minute, which is enough air to accommodate a thousand people.
1: <laughs> like These that, are fun facts.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> random. Um, and the person that's inside of it, they did like a little interview Q&A with one of them and they said it's about 90 degrees inside that costume.
1: I can imagine.
0: But also it's, it's pulling in air. So you would think that it would circulate
1: whatever yeah, air is think out. about how much he has to jump. He <laughs> and physical activity that he has to do
0: <laughs> which brings me to the video that i would like to pull up so this is a video from a woman named laurie feldman on youtube gotta give her credit this is a dance-off between lil red and herbie husker <sighs> everyone prepare yourselves
1: oh whoa <laughs> lil okay. red just
0: like launches himself onto whoa. like face plant and then the person inside like flips the costume upside down in they some do it way, a lot. and then bounces on the head of Little Red. But the person inside is on their feet. And then you have Herbie that's just like falling on the floor, and like Little Red is this just is a, Nebraska, a mess of a person. It's so wild. <laughs>
1: That's why it's 90 degrees. I just,
0: like. I have to back up one time so we can watch low Red face plant one Hold more on. time. Ready?
1: <laughs> Lil Red getting Three. into position. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> and he's down. <laughs> it's so
1: wild. And we're up.
0: Oh my gosh. So there's low Red and Herbie Husker. I just, I really needed to finish off.
1: I really don't know how you win that if you're Herbie. I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
0: I just, I had to finish off this segment with that with that video because it's... Something special. Something. They've got something going on in Nebraska right there. So there you go. Little history of Lil Red and Corn Cobb Man.
1: <laughs> Corn Cobb Man.
0: <laughs> All right. Tell me about Nebraska, Matt. Are they the Nebraska of old?
1: And no, it, this isn't Scott Frost's Nebraska. Okay. Um, they're not quite Bo Pelini, Nebraska, okay. but. Um,
0: You're very. Uh, Passionate about Bo Pelini at Nebraska. You bring. He was
1: averaging along. nine wins a year, and they <laughs> fired him.
0: No, you literally tell me that
1: weekly. Because they've been so bad since. <laughs> like it's been it's been consistently below nine wins. Okay. And they fired the guy that was averaging nine wins a year. It still is like mind boggling to me. Okay. Um. Anyway, so moving on to what they are now. It's Matt Rule, who is at Carolina, meaning Carolina Panthers. Oh, prior. Before that, he was down at Baylor when they had RG3. I'm pretty sure Uh, he was down there and then went to Carolina and then now he's at Nebraska. Um, I like what this guy has to say. Like, I like his press conferences. It seems like he's worried about better men. It seems like they like him. Um, He's animated on the sideline, but he's not like super angry like Scott Frost was all the time. So. I think that the players enjoy playing for them. I mean, at least that's what you can tell. But they they definitely get after it. Like, they're playing hard. And they had hiccups in the beginning of the year. Like, they lost to Minnesota. You know, they're in true Nebraska fashion of, like, turning the ball over mm. uh, late in games. Um, and I think they're up there, if not leading the FBS, I think they're close to fourth quarter turnovers or something like that. Um, just because they get a little frugal with the, or a little uh, frivolous with the ball. So... You're okay. using good words here. Frivolous. Frivolous. Go ahead, look it up.
0: I'm not going to. Just keep going.
1: <laughs> so um, that's something they're trying to correct. But 5-6 and six right now, playing hard, ke- coming off a really tough loss against Wisconsin, but gave themselves an opportunity to win the game. Um, and Wisconsin's quarterback is back. The running back is back. Um, they kind of had a little quarterback controversy there for a little bit, meaning last week, so not Wisconsin, but against Maryland, they played three quarterbacks. First guy threw two picks. Brought in somebody else, he threw a pick. Brought in somebody else, he threw a pick. <laughs> so <laughs> four interceptions between the three quarterbacks. They lost 13 to 10. Four turnovers and they lose by three to Maryland, who's not a bad football team. They, you know, they brought Michigan down to the wire 31-24. So like it's like they 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 play really tough and their defense is really good. Um they were uh, third overall in the nation in rushing yards per game allowed. I think they were at 79-ish, 78. Wisconsin went over 100. Um, even though Wisconsin spreads it out, they still run like a power power run scheme. You know, they got Brantlin Allen, so they want to run the ball. But Nebraska had two fourth down stops in like hard-hitting stuff. Um, before I do that, I'm going to go back to the offense. So they kind of stuck with Chubba, Chubba Purdy, mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's brother, Um I stuck with him. What an in,
0: interesting um, dynamic of names.
1: I don't Rock. know if Chuba is a nickname or not, but I don't he's know. listed as Chuba.
0: Yeah, that's what they had him like when we were watching. They had him on the screen as Chuba.
1: So I don't know. They do the same thing with Sauce Gardener, but Sauce is not his first name. Sauce. Booger McFarlane. Booker McFarlane, also not his first name. Do you know his real first name? I don't. Anthony.
0: Really? Huh.
1: Tony. He had a really bad booger one time and that was it.
0: Don't keep going sorry um
1: <laughs> so uh, stuck with Chuba purdy he was their leading rusher he had 14 carries um, they want to run the football they ran the ball 40 times against wisconsin somewhere around there threw it 24. he's a decent enough passer but really he's he's good with the ball in his hands they run a lot of read options so they're not going to block uh like joe evans or deontay craig they're not going to block them because that's who they're going to read So he's just going to stare right at him like we talked about Minnesota, except Minnesota is going to do that and then throw it. Nebraska, more often than not, is going to read him, and if he crashes down with the running back, quarterback's going to pull it and try and go outside. Otherwise, if Deontay Craig or Joe Evans runs at the quarterback, then he's just going to hand it off and run run that way. So you have to be very fundamentally sound on defense uh, to take that, which plays into what Iowa does, right? Um, So they're going to try and do that. Their top receiver from last year, Trey Palmer, is actually in the NFL. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, so they they don't really have like a go-to sling it guy they want to run the ball but Chubba Purdy being able to move with his feet I think he had a 58 yard touchdown to open up the scoring and then he threw like a 56 yard touchdown where the receiver did make quite a few moves they were up 14 nothing on Wisconsin lose 24 17 in overtime um, so I mean it's like they they can get ahead they're they're really like this they're a roller coaster um, defensively, like I said, really stout. Their two biggest guys wear single-digit numbers. It looks weird <laughs> <laughs> to see that big of a number zero and that big of a number nine.
0: <laughs> you and the numbers, you just can't. There's
1: such a. There's a lot of jersey there.
0: That's just that's,
1: that's my point. Okay. Um, they had two fourth down stops, um, and there was a third down stop where the guy comes down, fills the hole, and bang, he and the running back just boom um they actually took him out to be evaluated for a concussion um but like they want to run downhill like this is a very physical defense and we're gonna we're gonna have to be ready for that blitz pickup i mean they were pushing braylon allen back and that's a big running back so uh like i talked about jazz patterson early on in the year being good with blitz pickup gonna have to be something similar um they don't bring a ton of pressure but when they do like they're they're coming and like i said they they play hard for that rule um two fourth down stops like i mentioned um they play a little bit of cover one uh they've always likened to have like the guys that look the part if that makes sense like bigger faster guys they're not always the most fundamentally sound but they look the part you know big guys yoked that kind of stuff but whether or not they're that translates to fundamental fundamental football doesn't always make the connection but like i said playing hard can help resolve a lot of those issues um special teams they've got a freshman kicker He's like 18 years old, uh, missed a field goal at the end of the first half that would have put Nebraska up 17-10, I believe, at the time. Um, He's only 60% on the year. Yikes. Now, he's 100% below 40 yards. So if it's 39 and less, he's 100%. Oh. But anything over 40, I think he's one for five from 40 to 49 and like one for three or four when it's over 50. Hmm. So... Like when I talk about, it's a pleasure to have Drew Stevens. Obviously he missed a couple, but like a weapon that is, or Marshall Cain back in the day, Caleb Shudak to a point where you only have to get to like the 35 yard line and you know you're in field goal range. That's a lot better than having to go all the way down to the 15 to know you're in field goal range. Right. So that kind of stuff is going to be imperative on us, but we're going to have to be buttoned up in the run game. Like they they are going to play physical. They're going to be downhill. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if we do a lot more boot and play action now. Deacon, quote, showed his legs, right? But he was able to throw on the run on bootleg. We have to use Nebraska's aggressiveness against them. So it's going to have to be another play action. Oh, one thing I want to talk about uh, against Illinois that happened, uh, just because I noticed it and felt like I should talk about it. There was a time where Deacon Hill was going to do the play action, and the running back didn't even look for the ball. And that's because the running back still has protection responsibilities. And so if his guy, let's say, based on the buck is here, and so he's got the third guy away from the buck, however they – Uh, divvy that up based on the protection he's responsible so if that guy blitzes the running back abandons his fake and just goes and takes care of the blitzer Hmm. because that's his job because if he carries out the fake he's probably not going to block the blitzer and then we get sacked right so there are times where like deacon hill turns around to do it and jazz is already gone because he's got to block the guy that's blitzing so I wouldn't be surprised if some of that happens, but at least using their aggressiveness against them, trying to make them read inside or something like that, we're still going to run the ball, right? We got three guys that are that are very competent in running the football. We're going to do that. But using the play action to help Deacon Hill, you know, I think we've gone play action the first play the last two games, which is helpful. i uh, making the read simple. I think there's going to be good things moving forward, but... Again, this is stout defense. And now that we're into the Big Ten West, I hope that the drive now is like 10 wins or a really good season. So go be one of those special teams that get 10 wins. Okay.
0: You're on it today. You are.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. Trying not to be too stiff up here.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I'm excited. Playing in what's their uh, stadium called?
1: Oh, <laughs> that's one thing that I didn't talk about. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Lincoln Memorial Stadium. Okay. Um, They have, we always, <laughs> we always call them the Walmart greeters. Oh, okay. Because as you walk in, there's like, I want to say like eight older gentlemen that are wearing vests and they're probably like hired by the stadium. But as you walk in, they're like, hi, good luck today. Hi, good luck today. And there's like eight of them in a row, like Aww. just sectioned out on your way to your locker room. We always call them the Walmart greeters.
0: Well, I think that's lovely. I think that's nice. Hi,
1: thanks. It's just it's like you don't get that at other stadiums. It's really interesting.
0: I think that's very nice. Shout out to Nebraska
1: and their greeters. <laughs> and their greeters.
0: <laughs> Hi, good luck today. <laughs> Dang it. I want to go through that line sometime. I would shake all their hands. Thank you so much. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> that's so sweet. All right. I, I think I had something else I was going to say. Oh, my gosh. Okay, just to really cap this off. I've never felt older. Then after the Illinois game, it was like toward the end. And then as I was leaving, so I was talking to one of the spirit squad members and I've talked to him at like pretty much all of the games, all the home games. And we're standing there and he's like, man, how long have you been doing this? I was like, oh, eight years, you know? And he's like, oh, that's crazy. You know, my parents have season tickets over there and gosh, I've been watching you since I was in eighth grade. I was like, what?
1: He's a senior, by the way. He's a senior
0: in college. (laughs) I was like, wow, eighth grade, huh? (laughs) Felt so old in that moment. I was like, please don't ever tell me that story again. And then uh, the other one was I was leaving. And this guy's like, oh my gosh, can I get a picture? And I was like, yeah, sounds good. So you go to take a picture. And he's like, oh, thank you. Um, I grew up watching you. I was like, what? <laughs> you grew up watching me. This You're in college. You're not even 30. It was so wild. I'm not 30 yet. Isn't that so crazy? I don't know. I thought, I mean, it's like cool that I've been doing the same thing for. Um,
1: I guess a staple almost
0: for that many years, but it was just one of those moments where you're like, "Oh, really? <laughs> Eighth grade, huh?" <laughs> so anyway, cool moments.
1: Um, I will say one other quick thing about the game. So it's okay. a Friday; it's a short week, mm-hmm. um, so they're going to be a little bit less physical in practice, mm-hmm. trying to make sure the guys are ready to go on Friday. But what's really nice now, granted, we didn't come away with the win last time, uh, or Last two times, I guess, is a third time playing for a Big Ten championship in the game. Uh, we were really close, uh, and then it wasn't as close last time. But then you get that extra day of recovery because you play on Black Friday. get that extra day going into Saturday. This uh, There's going to be less on-the-field time. You still have to get that work and the practice and the schematics. Um, but it's just a condensed week. It makes things a little bit different out of routine. So we'll see how the guys handle that. Hmm.
0: Okay sounds good i don't know what the weather's gonna be actually you know what i heard it's gonna be in like the 30s this week
1: this coming makes sense
0: that sounds rough that's not very fun to to play in or to watch the game
1: it's all good (laughs) go get a hawkeye dub 10 wins
0: i know crazy yeah this has been a really a good season to have a podcast
1: yeah it's been a real good season hopefully cap it off with 10 wins and a shot at the big 10 title
0: A shot at the Big What happens if we win the Big Ten championship, Matt? Do you know? Well, yes, but then what would happen after that?
1: Whatever the bowl game is. I don't know.
0: We wouldn't go into the playoffs?
1: Not with two losses, I don't think. I mean, we're 16 right now, but we'll, we'll see what the ranking is come this week. But I don't think we go to top four unless a lot of people lose. Okay. It's possible, but
0: yeah this it does remind me a little bit of the 2015 team though just because there have been a lot of next man in situations you guys had a lot of that too yeah so it's cool i'm excited for him all right well hey make sure you guys are liking subscribing uh leave a comment rating what else am i missing
1: review i don't know
0: share it on facebook instagram twitter TikTok. i think that's everything that we're on all right thank you guys so much for listening we will see you next week and uh best of luck to the hawks in nebraska go hawks
1: go hawks